Good evening. It's 11.15, and this is Quietly Yours. Welcome. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, good, because it's our first time making one. But if you like being creeped out, you've definitely come to the right place. Quietly Yours will be bringing you spooky new stories each week. Starting, of course, with tonight's tale, a story about the dangers of bitterness and jealousy that we call sibling rivalry. Enjoy. I've been invisible my whole life. Always here, but never seen. All I've ever wanted is for them to care. To care like they do for him. My brother was born two years after I was. My parents were so happy. I don't really remember that, of course. But you can see it in our family photos. The book just sits on the shelf most of the time, gathering dust. But my mother, you see, well, she's a bit of a nostalgic at heart. She loves to flick through the old photo book every once in a while and take a nice stroll down memory lane. If she can involve the rest of the family, she will. She'll tell stories, get all animated like she's about to act the whole thing out herself. I swear to God she would put together a presentation if she could. And you can see it, right there in the photos. Giant smiles, huge grins. Not that you need to flick through some old photos to see that. You can see it in their faces when they talk about that day. Their eyes just light up. There must be a dozen pictures from the day my brother was born. There's only one from mine. Birthdays were even worse. It wasn't so bad to begin with. It was hard, yeah. Seeing them throw him parties, big parties, with friends and balloons and games. The kind of party every kid dreams about. At least, well, I assume that's what every kid dreams about. It's what I dreamed about. And my birthday? Well, on my birthday, it was just us. Just the family. But it wasn't so bad. At least I felt like they cared. At least a little. But that feeling passed. Over the years, they just... They seemed to forget. Maybe they remembered and just kept it to themselves, avoided making a fuss. I don't know. Maybe they did just forget entirely. But like I said, 
I could deal with that. It wasn't a fun childhood. I wouldn't even say a good childhood, but it was okay. I survived. It wasn't until David and I hit the teenage years that things started to get unbearable. It was clear by that point that they just didn't remember my birthday. But his birthday? Oh, well, they continued to celebrate, and each year seemed bigger and better than the last. It's like now he was a teenager. Suddenly he was hitting all of these milestones, and there were bigger and greater reasons to celebrate. I'm older. But it didn't matter. By this point, my birthday was just... Well, just another date, like any other. And I could have dealt with that, I really think I could. But then he... He seemed to just start excelling at everything. And me? I wasn't on the football team. I wasn't getting straight A's in maths and English. How could I? It's like everything he did was a big deal. He didn't even have to try. And me? Well, I was left feeling like nothing. Again. I know. I know. It sounds petty. Spending my days seething at my brother. Living in constant jealousy. But you, you can't understand it. Not until you're in that situation. It was every day. Constant. And, and at first it's no big deal. But the years pass and... And it starts to eat away at you. Bit by bit. Until there's no emotion left but anger. This horrible, primal anger. Just burning deep inside of you. And that... That's blinding. Totally blinding. And that's how it happened. That's how I found myself and stood behind him at the top of the stairs, frozen in a moment. Could I do it? I didn't pause to think. I, I, I didn't want to think. I, I was filled with anger and I just wanted to act, so... So I acted. I pushed. And there was a horrible crunch as he hit the bottom. I, uh, I'd done it. It, it worked. I couldn't believe it. In that moment, I, I felt... I don't know. Triumphant, I guess. I felt triumphant. Their precious little boy, their favorite, their pride and joy, lying crumpled up at the bottom of the stairs. What was he now? He was nothing. But then the guilt set in. It's not that I hate my brother. I never hated him. I love him. But... Well, like I said, jealousy can be blinding. In that moment, I felt powerful, thrilled, satisfied even. But then he came home in a cast, knowing that he wouldn't play, not for months, maybe a year even. He acted tough, pretending to be fine for our parents' sakes. But he cried that night, alone in his room. And 
the power that I'd felt had suddenly faded away, replaced with this intense guilt. How could I do it? How could I push him like that? Am I a monster? I don't know what I am. Not really. The leg didn't slow him down in the end. He couldn't play, so he just used his brain to get ahead instead. He was always smart. Mother was so proud of him. It was bittersweet when he left home. He was going to study law, and I knew he'd do well. He always does with that sort of thing. And it's not that I wasn't happy for him, or even that I wasn't proud of him. It's just hard to watch your younger brother leave home, starting his life, having fun, all while I'm stuck here with no life. He'd done some sort of work placement or something while studying. That's why he was able to walk right out of school and into a job. A good job. After he'd left, I thought that was it. I, I thought he'd stop stealing all of the attention. My mother could be all mine. It could never be the same, of course. We could never have what they had. It wasn't long after that that Dad died. It was quick and pretty much painless. His heart, they said. I was worried about Mother after that. It was going to be just the two of us. I tried to help, to be there for her. It didn't do any good. I couldn't so much as make her smile. She was feeling so alone, and so was I. And then, my brother announced the engagement. And for the first time in months, she smiled. Everything was going perfectly for him, and it made her happy. What did I expect? It wasn't long after that that the baby came. He took up a lot of my mother's time. Uh, She loved him so much. I think maybe, in hindsight, the baby is the reason that she held on as long as she did. And it was hard. I tried to ignore it at first. Tell myself that it's a good thing, that I'm happy to see my family so joyful, that it fills me with warmth and not this cold, stinging feeling. But you can't just tell your heart what to feel, can you? I could see how she looked at him, how much she loved him, and it brought back all those feelings from my own childhood watching her with my brother. I wanted her to look at me like that. Was that too much to ask? But of course, she wouldn't. She couldn't. I watched this happen for years with my brother. And now, I was watching it happen all over again and I I couldn't stand it. I just, I couldn't stand it. I could feel the anger coming back. I could do it again. I could do it. 
It crossed my mind. She was right there, standing on the top step, and I could just reach out and push and... But I couldn't do it. I didn't want to hurt her. My own mother. I, I was just... hurt. And I almost took it out on her. But that would be a mistake. And it would break my heart to see anything happen to her. It really would. And it did. When she got sick. It absolutely broke my heart. I had to watch her getting worse. Getting sicker. Thinner. And was he anywhere to be seen? No. She would call him. All the time. Sometimes he'd stay on the line, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if she was lucky. But he never found the time to visit. Always busy. His baby, his wife, his job. I don't know. At least he was there at the end. She was so happy to see him. But it wasn't enough. She was so weak. I was amazed that she'd made it this far. In a way, I think she was waiting for him. She needed to see him again. It was the only thing that kept her holding on. And now, she'd had her chance. She'd said goodbye, and it was time to go. She died at 5.30. It was peaceful. She looked like she was about to fall asleep. She let out a gentle sigh, and her eyes glazed over, unfocused. And then... And then... They fixed... On me. She was staring... Right at me. And suddenly I recognized that look. That sad, longing look. That's how she looked at me before. That's how she looked at me the day I was born. She held me so tight, so close. She never was religious, but she prayed that day, prayed for a sound. A cry, a gurgle, prayed for me to move my hand, for me to open my eyes, but it was no use, I was gone. For more than 30 years, I've been invisible. But not now. For more than 30 years, my brother has had everything. All of my mother's time. All of her attention. But not now. Not here. Not at the end where everything is stripped away. 
because at the end of it all, it's me. Me that she's thinking of. Me that she's always wanted deep down. Not him. Not my brother. She didn't die looking at my brother. She died looking at me. If you're listening to this in bed, it's time to admit that you're not going to sleep now anyway. You might as well start episode two. You'll find it wherever you found this episode, probably. But if all else fails, you can find all of our episodes at our website, daffodillies.co.uk slash quietly yours. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Tumblr. Our handle is quietlypodcast. That way, you'll always be up to date on what's happening. Until next time, I... I'm quietly yours, and you are quietly mine.